0: Hi all, it's Carmen. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. You are joining me for week five of a series I'm calling Whatever. This series is all about our thought life. What are our thoughts supposed to be about or look like? Should they reflect the good in us or should they reflect the bad in us? What thoughts honor God? The main scripture for this series is Philippians 4.8. I hope that at the end of this series, you and I will be able to have a Philippians 4-8 thought life and outlook on the world. As I'm recording tonight in my sophisticated recording studio, my closet, we are experiencing a a summer shower downpour, and it's so nice to hear it. Um, You may hear it in the background as I'm speaking, but... Reminds me a lot of my childhood of sitting on my grandparents' back porch, playing around or listening to adults sit around and chat. So, summer showers make me smile. What about you? What part of summer do you enjoy the most? All right, so back to Philippians 4.8. Over the past four weeks, we have looked deep into the first four descriptor words of what our thoughts should be, things that we should be thinking about. Number one, we should think about things that are true. No place for lies or secrets in the mind of the child of God. Number two, we should think about things that are noble, honorable and respectable thoughts about God, his kingdom, other believers, and ourselves. No place for trashy thoughts in the mind of the child of God. Number three, we should have right thoughts in our minds. These are thoughts that reflect the righteousness of God in our lives. What are his standards of right and wrong? And how are we allowing inputs to affect our thinking? And number four, from last week, we should think thoughts that are described as pure, unblemished and undefiled by the outside forces and influences of darkness, dirtiness, and impurity. Today, we will look at the fifth descriptor. Our thinking should be described as lovely. This episode will be a short one. There is only one time this word lovely is used in Scripture, and it's right here in our key verse, Philippians 4.8. In spite of the little we have to go on, this word is still divinely ordained to be forever in Scripture. There are lessons to be learned here today. They will just not take as long. So let's get to it. Today's word is lovely. This is a word that is relative It's abstract. It's one that is difficult to come right out and describe or define. But when you see or experience something that is lovely, you know it. I experienced something so very lovely this week. Let me give you a bit of some background before I tell you the experience I had. Several months ago, three local police officers were injured in a shooting during a high-speed chase. Two of the officers sustained injuries that were treated at the hospital, and then they were released to go home within several days. The the third officer, who was an acquaintance of ours, was struck in the head with a bullet. His injuries were much more extensive, requiring months of medical attention, surgeries, treatments, and therapies. This past week marked three months from the time of the incident. Miracle on top of miracle would be the best way to describe his recovery journey. Because he was an acquaintance, more of Brian's than mine, we followed his recovery from afar and prayed continually for God to show up in his life. His wife updated the community daily on his progress. I was so blessed each day to read her post and see the pictures she would share of him. All this culminated on Wednesday— when he was released from the treatment center and was brought home. Because of the nature and close-knit community we live in, a parade was scheduled along his route back home. Several of us from work walked up the street to the parade route and waited for his procession to come through. When it did, it was one of the most amazing things I have ever seen. 50, probably more, motor police and then 50-plus patrol cars of law enforcement officers from all over the area and state were a part of this parade. The injured officer and his family were riding in style in a Mercedes van. As I stood there waving an American flag, tears pooling up and running over, I thought, this is so very lovely. I continued throughout the rest of the day thinking of the scene of a community as diverse as ours, coming together to show our pride and appreciation to this man who risked everything to keep us safe. To acknowledge the sacrifice his family makes, it was so very beautiful. Other days have been like that for me. The day Brian and I were married, the day Shelby was born, the day we had the opportunity to help Shelby come to know Jesus as Savior, Those are all very lovely days. Let's read our key verse, Philippians 4, 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. The word lovely here means pleasing, agreeable, friendly towards, Worth the effort to have and embrace, kind, worthy of personal affection. Like I said earlier, there is not much on this word lovely. It is only used this one time in New Testament Scripture. But there is a lesson to learn from this word. If there was not, why is it included in Scripture? In an effort to better understand what was meant here, I did a search of the word lovely in the Old Testament which the original language is in Hebrew. Lovely in Hebrew is found seven times in the Old Testament. Six of the seven times this word is used to describe the appearance of a woman. The other time the word is used is in Psalm eighty-four eleven. It says, How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord Almighty! This word here means well-beloved or amiable. I love how when I read this verse, I can immediately visualize God's dwelling place, how the being where God dwells is like being nowhere else. Everything else around fades and nothing is the same in the presence of God in his dwelling place. But then my mind turns to 1 Corinthians six nineteen, which tells us that those people who are in Christ, are now the dwelling place of God's presence, His Holy Spirit. With all this in mind, let's return to our main verse, Philippians 4.8. So if we are told that our thoughts should be lovely, and that the most lovely thing is the place where God dwells, and then that our fellow Christ followers are the dwelling place of God's presence, then our thoughts towards those people should be lovely. Let's look closely at how this will flesh out and be applicable to our daily lives. Let me read the definition of the word lovely again. It means pleasing, agreeable, amiable, friendly towards, kind, and worthy of affection. The object of these lovely thoughts, I feel like, are God, fellow Christ followers, and those who have yet to find Jesus. So how can we have pleasing, agreeable, amiable, friendly, kind thoughts towards God? We can think kindly on God's creation, his sovereignty, his grace, his love, his ways, his son, his Holy Spirit, his servants, his calling on our lives, his commands, and his word. Would you like me to keep going? I think you get my point. What about our thoughts towards other Christ followers? How can they be lovely? Let's look at Colossians three twelve through 17 to find out how we should be thinking about other believers. Now, these verses describe actions that we should be doing, but as we have established in earlier episodes, our thoughts determine our actions. So let's read it. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Our thoughts will be lovely toward fellow believers when we have compassion, kindness, gentleness, humility, and patience. When we bear with them and forgive them, and above all else, we love them. When we are at peace and thankful and value them, when we encourage them and disciple them, our thoughts will be characterized as lovely. How can we have lovely thoughts towards those who have yet to meet and follow Jesus? Let's look back at Colossians at chapter 4 verses 5 and 6. It says, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. If our thoughts are lovely toward those unbelievers yet to accept Jesus, we will make the most of every opportunity with them. We will speak with them with grace and flavor effectively telling them of Jesus. And as Jesus said himself in Matthew five thirteen and 14, we will be the salt and light of this world, pointing people to him for salvation. Jesus had lovely thoughts toward those who had not yet experienced his love and grace. He always stopped and made time for them. He made the most of every opportunity. He spoke to them with grace and effectively pointed them away from sin, and toward him and his love for them. That's how we can be lovely, agreeable, and friendly toward the unbeliever. To wrap up today's talk, I want to read what Barnes notes on the Bible commentary says about this word and how it applies to the Christian's life. It says, of lovely thoughts, such a temper of mind that one can love it, or such as to agreeable to others. A Christian should not be sour, crabby, or irritable in his temper, for nothing almost tends so much to injure the cause of religion as a temper always chafed, a brow morose and stern, an eye that is severe and unkind, or a disposition to find fault with everything. And yet it is to be regretted that there are many persons who make no pretensions to piety, who far surpass many professors of religion in the virtue here commended. A sour and crabby temper in a professor of religion will undo all the good that he attempts to do. Ouch, stepped on my toes there. How many times have my unlovely thoughts shone on my face? How many times have my unlovely thoughts come out in my words? How about you? Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for this word, lovely, and what it means to us. God, help us to see that our thoughts come out in our words and in our facial expressions and in our actions. And it affects those around us. It affects our testimony. It affects what people believe about you and your goodness So help us to not be a stumbling block. Help us to have lovely thoughts about you, about fellow believers, about those who have yet to find Jesus. Help us to point those people to him. I pray that my friends would embrace this word. That They would think lovely thoughts. They begin to make that a pattern in their lives. And God, we thank you for Jesus. We ask all of this in his name. Amen. I will leave you today with a quote from my pastor from his sermon last week. He said, quote, we are lovely because God loves us. If that is true, let's let our thoughts coincide with that truth. Okay, y'all, that's five descriptors down, three more to go. Next week, we will look at how our thoughts can be admirable, whatever, no matter what. I hope you will tune back in then. Have a great week. Thank you for joining me today for the Let's Be Real podcast. I sure hope you have been encouraged by our talk. Join me next week for another new episode. Meet me right back here then. If you have been blessed by this podcast, Please rate us, subscribe, and share with a friend. I would also love to hear from you. You can email me at berealcarmen@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Let me know where you are listening from and how I can be praying for you. This is Carmen. Go be real. The world needs to see it.